in Eden Prairie. We are here for Weekly Dish doing a live broadcast. We have one more hour and lots of great guests coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about plant-based eating. Everybody can feel good when they're eating their plants and we're starting to get a little bit more of that in the school system, which is fun. We are also going to be talking about um, our top two in hour two and we had a question that was a holdover from the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. And whenever I think of apple butter, I think of Bradley Trainer. Have you ever talked to him about apple butter? No. He's obsessed. Really? He makes it all the time. Yes. Uh, Jamie wanted to know uh, what apple brands work well for apple butter. And so I looked it up because I didn't actually know the answer. And what I found was that the softer apples are better for apple butter. Yeah. So Fuji, they even say Golden Delicious. But again, I don't know. Maybe that would be a good use for it. Brayburn, Cortland, Fuji. Um, would all be good apples for apple butter. Yeah, no, I think it definitely is something you want a little bit of a softer one. You don't want a Harrelson in that one because that one is too firm. Honeycrisp also not, you know, is a little bit too crisp. So I think something a little softer than that. Are you a person that, um, like, I'm trying to think of outside of toast, what would you like apple butter? Would it be on ice cream? Would you put it on top of yogurt, maybe with granola? Um. I don't know. I don't. I, know. I don't. I mean, I'm not so an apple it, butter person, but I think that you know, I think if you put it on scones or you know what I mean. Besides toast, there's other things like you could put it on waffles. You could spread it on your pancakes. A cheese plate. You could do it on a cheese plate. Yeah, like if a you chutney. like those kind of things. Yeah. Um, I'm not. Uh, this one says to use Granny Smith. That's so strange. That would be really tart. You know, I think there's definitely a moment that you could use. Um, you could definitely put it on. Funny enough, like I know it's got like pie spices and everything else like that on top of a little piece of like pumpkin pie might be nice Yum. you know what i mean layering your your spite your your flavors there you're gonna laugh but you know it also be good what with maker's mark like as the sweetener sure because it would be kind of a fall it's weird because it's not butter when you say it's butter it's not really butter yeah. it's applesauce you yep. know in a weird way i don't know what the difference between applesauce and apple butter is my husband makes what we call the poor man's uh old-fashioned sure. which is just maple syrup and whiskey yeah that's <laughs> That's sometimes he'll substitute Real honey, good. but I can see apple butter being a really good application for that. Yeah, no, I, you know, yeah. Or, and I mean, if you want to get into some of that sweet and savory thing, I always think that a really great seared pork chop, like you're getting like a really good oh, fatty, good seared pork chop. And then you want to maybe spice the pork chop with some, like some, like some hot spice. And then you put a little apple butter on the side to sort of do a drag as a meat. I don't want to put it on because I want to maintain my levels, but I want to take a bite and I want to put it in and then I want to drag it through. You know what else would be good? What? Worcestershire, a little hot mustard, yeah. and apple butter with a little maple syrup as a marinade. 
Yeah, that would work too. Yum. For sure. Because there's got apple. This one has apple cider vinegar in the apple butter. Yeah, so. I like to use Worcestershire when I marinate pork just because it has a little bit of that umami of Yum. the fish sauce. It's a chutney, basically. Yum. Uh, Look at us. We I can know. just do this for hours. This is friends. actually what we do usually this is the in the free breaks. part of the show. Yes, we just talk about food <laughs> we just and ideate. fantasize about Ooh. what we can eat. Wait, you could do this. What about that? Absolutely. All right, we are here. It is. We are at Kowalski's, and when we're at Kowalski's or anywhere, we have our favorite things. So we're here for the top two in our two. Give me the old one, one, two, one, two. And now the weekly dish presents top two, top two, the top two. Pick your best two. In all right, so we talk about two things we love. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. So last night, you guys, actually I've had two dinners in the last uh, week that I've really enjoyed. And both are very kind of special and different in a way. Um, the first one I'm going to tell you about is um, Anna's Bistro, which is out in Marine on St. Croix. Oh, nice. And it's a teeny tiny little place that took over the olives. If, has any of you guys been out to Marine on St. Croix? It is far. It's way over there. It's a little bit north of Stillwater. But it is like if you're going to do a drive, if you're going to do fall colors, if you're going to think about going up to Franconia, you know, Sculpture Park, Anna's Bistro, it's only on the weekends. It's reservation only. There's maybe 30 seats. And it is literally a woman who has uh, quit her lawyer life and opened a little sweet, awesome restaurant. There's just one menu. You can. There's a couple choices. You know what I mean. But there's like there's a first course, a second course, and a third course. And so you make your reservations. It's. I just. It was like having a dinner party. And it was like your. It was just very sweet. And if you haven't been to Marine on Saint Croix, that is like one of the cutest towns on the planet. Just one street. And it's so sweet, and she lives in the town. And um, she basically said that she, uh, like, her kids sometimes ride their bikes by and, like, wave goodnight before they go to bed. And I was oh, like, Oh, cute. This is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But it's really good. Like, and the food was really delicious. And we had, she had made pasta all day, and we had foraged mushrooms, you know, hen of the woods in the pasta. It was really delicious. Yum. I will be writing a thing about it this week on MSPMag.com. So you should. I'll give you more, but I just yeah, to tease I'm gonna that look out. for that. Yeah, uh, that sounds like a good place, like to go for a drive. Oh and... my god, the 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 cliffs along the river and the bluffs and everything else is just really. It's like you kind of forget how much wilderness is up there, how much space is just north of Stillwater. Love it. So it's good. All right, so one of my first ones is something I saw in the store today, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, top two. I don't think I've mentioned him before. It is Folly Coffee. And he is a local person that is, the first time I met him, he talked about coffee like people talk about the different varieties of beer. Like he just geeked out about it. Rob is his name, super hard worker. They carry Folly Coffee here at Kowalski's, but you can also find it at other grocery stores around town. They also have a subscription that you can get at follycoffee.com. And he's ventured into hot sauce because he's kind of a hot sauce geek too. So he's got a hot sauce that they sell here as well that's based in coffee. And hot sauce. Huh. So, yeah, it's good. Okay. It's good. So, Folly Coffee is yeah. one of my top I haven't found my favorite bean from them yet. I haven't, like, had a couple tries, and I wasn't super into, like, that, their type of roast. But I know that they're always, like, innovating yeah. and always trying different things. So New family yeah. beans. And I'm, 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 in for, I'm in for the uh, the ride because I know he, they're pretty dedicated. And he's funny. Yeah. He's got a podcast, too, I think. Yeah, he does. He was on Allie's podcast, too. Oh, all, yeah. By all means, which is great. Um, okay, so my second dinner was actually last night, and it was uh, it was at Bar Brava, which is you know I've talked about this before. This little place in North Minneapolis, kind of kind of almost near North, you know, Minneapolis, um, and 
you know, not too far from the old Broadway pizza that was there and like the river. Anyway, and Meteor Bar. But Bar Brava, you know, they closed down and they were doing, they're only doing, you know, weekend residencies. So they have a guy and a kid in residency. His name is Spencer Venancio. And if you guys remember, some of you guys who have read stuff, in 2019 I wrote a blog called That Chef Kid. And it's about, it's like he was 14 and he was cooking at Bardo on weekends. And he was doing these special dinners. And Matheson and I actually went to one. And he was like, he was just this kid, this 14-year-old whose mom had to drive him so that he could chef this entire like course to dinner. And it was amazing. And anyway, so he's now, uh, his 18th birthday is in a couple weeks. And he is at... Bar Brava on weekends and you guys that dinner last night I'm going to put it on the Instagrams after I'm done with this it was so delicious and it was so thoughtfully paired with really wonderfully natural wines there was a pork dish from Peterson Farms Pork that had dill puree Yum. and a uh, like ribbons of kohlrabi on buttermilk on like a uh, like a cultured buttermilk thing wow and i was like i was literally blown away at how beautifully it was cooked and how delicious it was and each pairing we had there was um a wonderful server named sarah she works at mara but she's friends with spencer and does this on the weekends for fun and she just like the wine stories that she told with each bottle that went with each bite was spectacular it's only for september fridays and saturdays if you can book a ticket to one of these it was 70 bucks like i think 60 or 70 bucks it was an unbelievable deal Plus, wine pairings were like, I think, you know, 50 bucks. But so I that's love it. Bar Brava, Spencer Venancio. He's just a talent. He's just a rising star, like someone to watch for sure. Uh, okay. If you are thinking about all the apples to eat right now, um, I just, I, again, I was here and I saw, oh, this is another one. Sweet Science Ice Cream. So our friend Ashley Olds makes delicious ice cream. And there's lots of people that make delicious ice creams in the Twin Cities. We're so lucky in that They're way. Super lucky. What I love about her ice cream in particular is the vanilla profiles. So Ashley is someone that once did a vanilla ice cream tasting and had 12 different versions. She's just really intense about her love of vanilla and the way that vanilla comes together with cream in an ice cream. And I think her vanilla ice cream is the best to pair with apple-y things, things that you're going to be cooking in the fall, the pumpkin pies, the apples, the tarts, the... Apple Mountain Dew dumplings. Lord knows I might have to make those again. Um, but I just, her vanilla in particular is really my jam. So sweet science ice cream, vanilla a, ice cream. Challenge you to find a way to make those apple, those without uh, Mountain Dew. You can make them with Sprite. <laughs> I've already done it. <laughs> Not what I'm saying. I know. Not what I'm saying. Find a different way yes, to make find a, a dumpling. a little bit less commercially yucky. You're way. only going to do it once a season. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Jody Gruen. She's talking about plant based eating in our schools on The Weekly Dish. We're live at Kowalski's in Eden Prairie. We'll be right back. All right. We are back. We are live at Kowalski's. We are at the Eden Prairie location. Uh, We are here and we are talking to our friend Jody Gruen. And Jody is someone that is working on bringing more plant-based initiatives to the school system in Minneapolis, K through 12. Jody, you and I have talked a little bit, and I think about just plant-based in general. Mm -hmm. Why do you personally believe that a plant-based diet is so much better? So there's a few reasons, and I'm one of those people that has the... um the kind of like the three tiered approach to it. Sure. So like kind of three legs to the stool. And for me, it's around sustainability. 
Um, the second area is around animal welfare okay. and factory farming and re- trying to reduce that as much as possible. Yep. Um, the animal suffering. Um, and then, of course, health was a huge, huge, huge reason. Um, like some of the largest health institutions right now are encouraging people to add more plants to their diets for sure. And then also, you know, plant-based has been shown to reduce the opportunity for disease to create, um, to even be created in your body. Um, and also has um, shown to reverse certain diseases and health conditions. So when you look at the school system mm-hmm. and you look at what we feed our kids, K through 12, mm-hmm. we're just getting into back to school. Yeah. It, it, how do you like change a system in a school that is so like they only get like what is it like a dollar ten per child yes. to feed them something super ridiculous? Yes. Yeah, they have the most difficult job. I mean, but maybe even on the planet, yeah. um, working on such budgetary constraints, working with children, working in a system that is broken, our food system, um, and you know, like think about COVID. They were able to serve millions of meals to children, and they just jumped at it. They got strategic and they figured out how to, you know, face food insecurity that was hitting so many households. Yeah. Um, so I guess the way that we approach it is just you know, like through education. Um, a lot of times too, like people, like for for example, for plant based. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions around it. Um, there's a lot of um, just unawareness of how important it is. You know, schools serve 7 billion meals a year. That was in 2019. <laughs> I mean, think about that amount of food. That's insane. It's yeah. a huge amount of food. It's like the world's largest restaurant or like the United States' most like largest restaurant. And so I look at it as what an opportunity to affect children's health their wellness, um, sustain and sustainability. And when you start something young, when you learn, like if your mom taught you or your dad or what, however you learn to prepare food, if you try other things and you are exposed to it, you're going to be more likely to eat that in your adult life too. Yes, exactly. I still meet someone, I was over at my house for dinner the other day and he just was like, looked at all the things I was preparing and I could tell he didn't want to eat any of it. Because he's just not used to it. He's like, I don't eat. Yep. And another friend today just said, I don't eat weird things. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what are, these are not weird. The processed food that we put in our bodies, that's the weird stuff. And so that's just a, try. That was a friend of yours? Yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, and speaking of the processed food piece of it, I mean, this is National Obesity Month, like Awareness Month. One out of more than one out of five children is considered obese now. I mean, that's ridiculous. And we think it's like, oh, it's the failing of you know, parents like, yeah, let's blame the moms because they don't have enough shame. It's the food industry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that they create this food that's delicious. It's high calorie and it gives you nothing for your body. So it is not a parent's fault. It is not the school's fault. It is the food industry. And that's what needs to change. So when you look at the kind of work that you can do in the school system, what do you personally, what are you involved in that's changing or opening the door for more plant-based alternative for kids? So I do a few things. Um, I, you know, work with parents. Um, who kind of advocate for this in their schools. I work directly with food service directors and talk to them about the benefits of plant-based, provide them with resources, national school-approved um, menu items. Like, it's turnkey, really. You Are know? we talking, like, just salad bar? No, because no, no, that no. was in the day. Like, remember when we yeah. had salad, salad bars? Bar. I love yeah. the salad bar, too. I'm in. No, we're talking about beautiful things like chana masala and beautiful bowls, you know, Buddha bowls. And, I mean, all of those foods that, like, just... I don't know, they're they're warm and the tastes are delicious and they're aromatic, you know, I mean, and you think about cultural, you know, inclusion, 
plant-based checks that box too like we have you know we have so many different cultures merging in schools let's show all kids that their culture is represented in the food that we serve them well and there's so many other cultures that have a really great vegetable focus that you know meat is 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 only a small part of the equation of the family meal almost yeah well i mean like just it's not the center of the plate you know what i mean and so we have a lot of like putting that into the mix is not only more delicious it's better for us too yes, exactly. and it's interesting yes oh, very very the healthiest cultures on the planet either don't eat very much meat or it does take a very side yeah you know it's more of a side dish. it's more of a side dish yes true if you're coaching people like i have a friend who is trying to get more plants into her diet and let's say you're uh, you're listening to the program and you want to try to eat more plant-based what are like some just really basic places to start well there happens to be an event coming up where i would suggest if anyone's interested it's next sunday it's called the twin cities veg fest and it's a place where there are all these vendors there's entertainment there's cooking demos there's nutritionists and dietitians there that can talk to you about plant-based and can give you sort of all the tips and tricks to do it um, but it's a great place to like go. You can bring your dog, you know, like, <laughs> of course we love animals. Right. My dog who loves, I have my new dog just loves vegetables. There it's we funny. go. Then the dog yeah. will love it too. But I mean, that's a really great place to start because I mean, it just happens to be happening right now and it's a good place to go to be able to get resources and ideas. Do you have feelings about the differences between when we say plant-based right now that's become like we've moved from as a society calling things vegan yes and now we're talking plant-based but there's also this sort of idea that is that just vegetables and plants or is it an engineered product that comes from things and do you want to do you want to dig into that just a little bit yeah sure i mean plant-based okay so the difference between plant-based and vegan is vegan is more of a like a lifestyle where you're actually making intentional choices also to like maybe not wear leather or you know that kind of thing plant-based is more like um something that is more of a you know like a food choice so mm-hmm. and plant-based can also some people d- define it as you still might eat a little like something here and there yeah like there's a little more flexibility into it I'm more of a purist plant-based purist um, but yeah there's tons of plant-based engineered product that's on the market that's super ultra processed that doesn't necessarily have all the health benefits necessarily but it isn't as bad as some of the you know like carcinogenic meats like bacon and I mean sad to say bologna lunch meats that kind of stuff those have been considered carcinogens so and that so you're saying if it depends on what you are what your what your your belief system is and what your avenue you're yes. aiming for health you may choose only to go vegetable route like strictly pure plant Yep. moment. If you're aiming for maybe climate change or something else, you may choose some of the more processed things. It, yep. You know, it just kind of depends. I know a lot of people are making choices based on the you know, planet. Yeah, yes. and, and I just I'm I'm never giving up my steak. Yeah, I'm just not. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like the idea of getting more vegetables and more variety of vegetables in my diet. So I think you can really explore just different types of vegetables too. Yeah, absolutely, that's the fun stuff. Yeah, it's, that's the fun stuff. Oh yeah, my gosh, totally. Jody, thanks for what you're doing in the schools. It's yeah, really important. Thanks, thanks for, for coming me. out to see us. Yeah. All right, everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thank you for being here out at Kowalski's in Eden Prairie. We've had such a fun day, um, and we've just talked about so much food. I'm actually just super hungry right now. <laughs> this happens a lot during the show. Yes. You guys don't ever see this, but normally I'm pretty – I like I want cheese, though. I love the, the – we have some I had rolls. a little sweet. Yeah. I'm now you're going to want cheese. a little savory. I know the last time we did a live, Polly and I were at uh, – what was the restaurant? Remember Mallard's? 
Mallard's in Bloomington, and, and the owner brought that basil cheese that we had talked about. Yes. I ate it. I didn't give any to her. That just basil to be cheese clear. is so good. I know. Okay, you know what they have here, too? If you are, like, running to a friend's house, they have these little cheese platters. Yeah. I should grab one for you. So there's, it's like, one has, like, a little chef, a little this, a little couple but of little bits and bites. you know, I'm too I like to pick my own cheeses, Okay, though. but then there's another one that's a little bigger. So if you're running to someone's house oh, and you need to sure. grab something, for it's, sure. like, all packaged. It's got little tags on what cheese is what. It's real cute. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in. It's just, you know, me and my needs. <laughs> To control. <laughs> I do know your needs. Your needs to eat. Your restaurant stuff. You okay. have your new issue that came out about destination breweries. breweries. Right. It hasn't hit the shell. It hasn't hit newsstands quite yet. It's oh. a little delayed. Subscribers have got it. There's a really good package. It's really fun. It's destination breweries. It's like if you're going to do fall drives, you should just aim your car at a brewery. I had like, it on like the counter gonna, and gonna... Kurt was like, oh, I'm going to take a look at this. So I like know. it's right up his alley. I know. There's a lot of good ones. And we did, we sort of did it directionally. We did, if you're going to head north, if you're going to head south. So we hit the most easternmost brewery, you know, and the most southernmost brewery in Minnesota. The most northernmost brewery is the one that I want to go to, by the way, Lake of the Woods brewery and and they have not only one on the bottom of lake of the woods but then they have one up in canada too on the other side of it so it's so cool you guys they lager beer in lake of the woods like they 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 lager it they they cold lager it on the bottom of the lake they sink it for six months oh i was like lagering wait a second okay it's it's like the process that kind of yeah it's i'm i'm gonna go up there anyway um, but let's talk about some restaurant news quickly because I sure. did want to. Um, oh, it looks like we have a caller. Uh, well, it's Terry Train. She said she wants to share on air. <laughs> Hello, Terry Train. Hi, ter- are you there, Terry? No. No. Okay. Oh wait, she is just. Oh, uh, she is. oh Terry. It's again. Terry. We know it's Terry Train because she's talking about her orchard out in Watertown. Are you Hi, there, Terry? Hi. Hi. Hey. How, How are, are you? Guys? Good. We're so good. Tell us about what you got going on at Loose Line Orchards. Well, thanks for putting me on. Um, we have a free concert tonight. We're staying open until 8 o'clock from 5.30 until 8 o'clock. It's a John Denver tribute band. Oh, and fun. usually they charge between tw- right around $20. Um, and he, the guy sells out all over the Midwest. It's a trio. They're out of Wisconsin, and they're playing for free here. So oh. we're just telling people to bring your lawn chairs. We have like a little, almost a little amphitheater seating. And we do free concerts in the summertime and throughout the fall. Next Sunday, we have a really fun German band. They're young guys, and it's Oktoberfest here. So okay. if you go to our looselineorchard.com or Instagram or Facebook, you can see all of our free concerts. I and, love it. Um, yeah, Terry, we I have feel a lot like, of stuff going on. We got I feel like whenever you call in, we... Ha- I feel like whenever you call in, we have to put you on the air just because, <laughs> I mean, we all listened to you growing up. You were Thank like the you. voice. You were the only sane voice on another radio station in town growing up that I appreciated. Yes. yes. You guys are so wonderful. Thank well, you. Well, we love you. I mean, we're going to come out and see you. Loose line. All okay. right. Thanks, Terry. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye. Lots of good stuff. I mean, stuff. how do you not have her on know, when she calls in? I know. I love, and then, then just, she's listening to us. So, yeah, I mean, that's totally. so great. I love that. All right. So let's talk a little bit quickly about, um, so Sweetgreen is a salad company that is coming to the market. Have you guys, do you have any cares about that? Thank you. Um, do you I, have any feelings about Sweetgreen, which is a fast, casual salad company? They started in Georgetown in 2007. They're kind of the first, like, salad chain. The whole, like, build your bowl, the whole, like, who's the next Chipotle, but make it salad, you know? I, I like salads. I like quick salads. I like salad bars. I'm fine for salads. I don't, 
I don't know how. Do you like, ever go get? Do you are you like a crisp and green girl? Yeah, or like green I do and the like green? crisp and green a lot. I like stock and spade. That's um, like a burger, though. That's not a yeah, salad. Um, what I really I like uh, roti Mediterranean. I like to get their like kale bowl. Okay. Yeah, I'd be. I mean, okay. I have fast food needs in the car. And those are always bad for you. And I wish that these places existed when you were driving. Because it's like, if you're driving somewhere, you want to have good food, but it's hard to find. Well, I guess if you're talking about, like, I, you do do a longer drive than most people all the time. But, like, how are you eating a salad in the car? Because, like, remember the shake, the shaker salads? I wish something like oh, that you would had, come like, back. A thing. Okay. Yeah, and you can just shake it like a mason jar and salad. And you still have to use a fork. And, I mean, you still have to, like multiple yeah you know what i mean like that's a you can eat one. a burrito in a car you can that eat a is salad just, i think it's the fork thing like yeah. i think the whole idea that you have to hold and have a fork and drive is too hard versus if you're just taking a bite of something that's in one hand i'm embarrassed to tell you all the things i've done while driving i know i, I mean i've practically instant potted rice i think you might have i think you might have catered I, an entire party while driving yeah, yeah i i okay so how do i feel about salads i feel good about salads okay well, so Sweet Green is one of those places that is like, you know, they were kind of the first, right? And they, um, their, their big thing is that they do online ordering. They have the app. They have like, you can order ahead and it can sit on the shelf and you just can grab it, which of course, most of these places now, most do this. So I did talk to the CEO or the, one of the founders and he was, he kept telling me how everything was like, oh, well, we did this, we did this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we know. We've all, we got that. Okay. What's next? You know what I mean? Like once you're the first at something, you kind of need to be the first at something else then because you have to kind of level up. Once everybody copies your concept, then you have to then can't, you can't just run around saying we were the first. That doesn't give enough value to the customer, I don't think. Like for us as salad eaters, yep. like I'm, it's great that you're the first. I'm not going to go to you because you're first because now I'm used to other places. You have to do something next. So I'm kind of interested to see. And I, this company is interesting because they... Um, you know, they went public last year. They're the first salad chain company to go public. They raised $364 million. Well, that's a lot. Right. So. <laughs> that's a real lot. It's a lot. So my challenge to him was actually, because the big thing of that his thing was about saying that they were going to fix, you know, the fast food problem, like what you're saying. And he's like, we're going to fix it. And I was like, okay, like by saying that. You know, people, when they have unhealthy options, we want to give them healthy options. And I, my thing was like, so then why are you opening any Dyna and North Loop? Because it te seems to me those are not really fast food, heavy, you know, reliant places. You would think that you would start to think about do it on a road stop. Yeah. Like do it on the drive. Forest Lake off of 94. Do it, do it in yeah. the places where there's not a lot of options other than fast food. And they kind of gave me the corporate speak in the runaround, which is fine because I knew that was coming. Yeah. But I mean, my challenge is, is that you're going to like if you want to, you know, if you have 174 locations and you say you want to be the next McDonald's, you say you want to be the McDonald's of your generation, but healthy. Well, then do what McDonald's did. And can we also do it in packaging? Yeah. And transportation, because if you're giving me a piece of lettuce that's coming from... Well, they're all sustainable. This is the problem, too. There's a lot of issues with it because of the fact that they are really working with local farms. They're using Bakersfield flour. They're, you know, they're working with Stickney Hill Dairy. They're doing the Revel Greens. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that because there is a situation where then if you are using these kind of products and not using mass production and mass suppliers and like global, you know, brands like that, then it is a $25 salad. 
And that's the thing that a lot of people have an issue with, too. But, and I, but it's we're hard. all going to be paying $25 for salad because this idea of, you know, super low-cost food isn't sustainable. I, I understand. But then it, there's a lot. What I'm trying to say is that this is a super complex issue because you can't necessarily put a $25 salad chain into an area that doesn't have any other options. True. And say, okay, now pick this over your McDonald's burger. Right. It's not going to happen. So there has to be a lot of different, you know, like, like there has to be a, a lot of different solutions to this very complex problem. I would but agree. But I, I just want to say, like, when someone gets all, we're mission driven and we're, we're going to do all this stuff and they've just raised $300 million and I'm sort of like watching what your mission is. I, just, you know, I think it's important to challenge people on that instead of just saying, oh, this is your mission and you're doing well, you know? Right. Like we have to right. continue to challenge people who are raising that much money. Yep. So that's my bag. That's my bag right now, you guys. There it is. Can you talk about uh, Abagnoli? Oh, yeah. I just want to mention that I don't know if you guys know about uh, Abagnoli is a, um, has a new space. They started in the Malcolm Yards uh, you know, market, which is really fun, which is you guys will talk about cookbook swap. Yes, we a have a cookbook bit. swap coming up. Coming up, but we'll talk about that next segment. But there, uh, Jamie was this, uh, he's doing this sort of Korean fried chicken, and it is twice fried and beautiful. One of the best fried chickens. They just opened in the old Baluto space in Kingfield. And so right off of uh, Nicolet and like, I think, 38th? Yeah, 38th. Yeah. And it's right in that little corner, about five watt coffee. Baluto moved around the corner. Petit Leon. That's becoming a hot little corner. Yeah, for sure. It's a kind of a delicious hot corner. So um, they're open there. And I did want to give a shout out to, I was so sad to hear that Firebox Deli closed. Oh. Which is, you know, it was, a, it was a Vietnamese family in the north Minneapolis who was doing barbecue. And they kind of had this little really cool way of doing barbecue and smoky meats and ribs and all the rest. The good news is they have a place on Snelling that's still open. So you can still visit them there. But is it the one that's right on Snelling, like yes. in Marshall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's right there once yep. you get off of Snelling off of 94. So there you go. We have some more restaurant stuff we can talk about in a little bit, but we'll take a quick break. Yeah. And we'll tell you about the cookbook swap. Yeah. Well, it's coming up. And we'll come back. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071 at Kowalski's at Eden Prairie. We are live at Kowalski's Market. You are listening to the Weekly Dish. Thank you. We've got quite a crowd out here. We're in Eden Prairie. We've got treats and we're getting ready to wrap up the show and I'll be doing a cookbook signing afterwards and we'll be here till one o'clock. So if you want to come by and get a True North Cabin cookbook and visit, I'd love to meet you. Um, Stephanie, this is the portion of the show where we always do local events and tomorrow I'll be signing books at Oak Park Heights um, Kowalski's. So that'll be fun if you're out on the eastern side of town. Yeah. And we are having our cookbook swap coming right. up. Right. We thought we'd mention that we are have officially scheduled the cookbook swap for October 15th. And it's going to be at Malcolm Yards again. And we will very soon be putting up um, a list, you know, just kind of like an invitation and all that kind of stuff. So we'll let you know. The, if you're new to the cookbook swap, basically it is... A time for you to go through your collections of books and look at the things that maybe aren't serving you anymore. Maybe you're, you've cooked through it and you're kind of over it. You need to level up. Feel free to bring us your cookbooks and then we will kind of, and then we basically put them out on a table and you can, as many cookbooks as you bring, you can take out and you get to surf everybody else's, you know, collections and see what's good for you, see what's new to you. Um, and then we donate them anything that you, you don't have to take as many as you bring, just to be clear. If you come with seven, you're, we're not requiring you to leave with seven. But you can leave with, and, and oftentimes you can leave with more than that. <laughs> so, um, But we are, uh, we'll donate any of the leftover books to the St. Paul College, uh, Culinary Institute College people, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, that's it. 
Yeah, it's a fun place to come with friends or even like we get a lot of mother daughters that come. Yeah. That the daughters are looking for different types of cookbooks than the moms are donating and they're so funny. Yeah. And then and you know, we do charge a ticket price, but we do donate the proceeds. I think we've done Second Harvest Heartland, but not sure if we're doing the same yet. Yeah, we'll have to check with Malcolm Yards. They helped us coordinate everything. But but it's always fun and then people get snacks at Malcolm Yards and we have a little bit of a a cocktail or whatever. It's just fun. I'll sign books there too, Paul. And if someone wants to swap a book, I've already... Oh my God, please. If they didn't like it, (gasps) no, Stephanie. Someone put her book into the swap. Don't hurt my feelings. Do it. I won't be... It's not good for me. I'll feel sad. it'll be fun. No. (laughs) You are not that fragile. Come on. I might be. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. If it says like Mary and I remember I'm signing fake it to it. Mary and then it ends up in the swap. You're like, Mary. Though I do know from all the swaps we've done, me? like the joy of cooking will end up in the swap. Who gives up the joy of cooking? Like you're, like, you're people un-American. Are done with it. No, people that are done with it. Some yeah. people don't have kids to hand out to, too. True. You know what I mean? And, and so people this is... downsize and yeah. they just, yeah. No, so I'm... you're right. I probably no will try not to take it personal. <laughs> If I if I find one, you know what I'll do, you guys? I'll be like, I'll just grab it and just put it underneath She's my chair sell so it no again. one knows. No, you're going to sell it again. No, I would just take it home. <laughs> I might have to plant one. Oh, anyway. Gosh. So, okay. So then there's a couple things that uh, we wanted to, other things that are going on in town this weekend. Um, I, or, or ahead of time to like thinking about. Uh, what to do. We wanted to talk a little bit about uh, uh, the Shochu, the Billy Spirit of Sushi Man from yes. Tattersall Distilling, which I wrote a blog about this week, um, which is really interesting. It's a rice-based spirit. So if you've ever had soju or Shochu, they're kind of the same thing. There's a little bit of difference in terms of process and, you know, additives and things like that. Soju is Korean in nature. Shochu is Japanese, but it's basically... Um, a sort of a distilled rice uh, spirit, and it's got a nice little kick, but not anything even close to like what whiskey is. You know, people t- tend to see like clear spirits and think, "Whoa!" And this one is very delightful. And I think a lot of people call it Japanese vodka, and that's kind of, I think, almost too a misnomer because it puts it in a different space for you. This is a really sort of a sweet, almost bready floral taste to this and it is really good in cocktails so if you're looking for sort of a neutral spirit to put into cocktails and a rice based spirit so there's no wheat if in case you have some sort of a wheat issue um, this is a really great one and Tattersall in River Falls is doing a launch party on September 22nd and they're doing it uh, tickets are 75 bucks and it's a live demo of Billy from Billy's Sushi and that's what it's named for Spirit of Sushi Man Um, they are breaking down a whole tuna so if you've ever seen a giant bluefin tuna they're breaking it down and showing you how to like what parts come from where and tuna is really to me if you're into primal cuts and that kind of stuff that's super interesting um, and they're doing, uh, they'll have sips of the sochu, shochu, which I always say wrong, and uh, small plates and all sorts of fun stuff. Fun. So that's on September 22nd. So I just, just caught my eye, the thing that's happening at the Naughty Greek. Yes. Backgammon Tuesdays. Do you play backgammon? <laughs> you know, I don't. I used to when I was a kid. We played it all the time. My husband and I do when we travel. It's the only time we play, but we have a little portable yep. board that we bring when we travel. Yep. Apparently at uh, the Snelling location... The Naughty Greek uh, is doing two-for-one Greek wines uh, when you bring your own board. B-Y-O-B. Bring your own board. I love it. And then you and you can play, you know, and get two-for-one wines at Naughty Greek. I love it. That's pretty great. 
Um, also, this weekend, speaking of which, the Greek festival is this weekend. Oh, I don't know if is. you've seen this. That's always fun. You guys at St. Mary's Greek Orthodox Church in South Minneapolis. It's this whole weekend. It, it is a really great, good time. Lots of great Greek food. Lots of euros. Spanakopita and all sorts of stuff. They've got... Uh, gosh, always all the great baklava and baked necessities, all the good things. It's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of dancers. There's a lot of cultural activities that are so great. So I love that one, too. Uh, one thing I just wanted to quick mention, are you excited about the new Dash Fire bitter, Dash Fire getting a distillery? I mean, they have a distillery. I know, but they're having a, a tap room. Or not, a, what is it called? A cocktail, a cocktail room. room. I yeah. always call it yeah. a tap room. I haven't talked to Lee yet, so I don't really know super all the details. Yeah, but. it's going to be really fun. So we'll try to have yeah. him on uh, as they get closer to opening. Yes, seriously. Oh, uh, and we have a register to win. Right now? Yeah. Go they ahead. They had to be here to win. So, oh. Uh, oh, my goodness. Our friend Panda Dorso. Oh Panda won a $50 gift card to Kowalski's. Woo! That'll give her some coffee, some salad, yeah, some salad. I Thank you, Panda. That. That's so great. Um, okay, so a lot of you guys had the pickle pizza at the state fair. How many of you guys tried the pickle pizza at the state fair? Just wondering. Hands raised. <laughs> okay, but are you interested in it? Yes. Yes. They're it's like, delicious. Where can I get it? So here's the deal. Apparently, there's just a pickle pizza explosion is happening right now. It's good. I know. It's but I mean like pickles on pizza. Of course, you guys know. Uh, Quad City Pizza has been doing pickle pizza for a long time. They're a South Minneapolis place and out in Matamidi. And they have been doing, what they have is they have a pizza called Kind of a Big Dill. and Because um, <laughs> they're kind of a big dill. they're kind of a big dill. And so they have been doing this pickle pizza for a while, and you can get it frozen. So you can just pop by, pick up a couple frozen pickle pizzas, pop them in the freezer so that they're ready for you whenever you want. Um, but if you're also thinking there's a little place in South Minneapolis across from where Grand Cafe used to be called Good Times Pizza. And you guys, that is like a little slice shop. The cutest family just runs that place. They have the great tahini Caesar salad that I am over the moon for. Um, and they have, a pill, they have a sliced pickle pizza. And then, of course, I don't know if you've seen this, but Young Joni, who, of course, and Kim is on Chef's Table. If you guys haven't watched it yet, it's quite the show. Um, but there is, she does a pickle pizza on her menu right now. And to me, it might be, um, one of the better ones just because she's also crumpling up salt and vinegar chips on top. Stop. Yep. Okay. Yep. You had me at pickle and then you really had me at salt and vinegar chips. Yeah, I know. So oh, it's, it's a legit, it's a legit thing. And like I like, could go there right now. I know. Well, if I wasn't signing books. I know. Well, I mean, maybe that's like a hit on the way home. Yeah. If you sure. go early enough and I don't they know. They don't what, open till four. Right. But if you go early enough, maybe you can snag a seat at the bar too. Because you can. it gets crazy. It still gets crazy there. Yeah. But it's good. Um, the last thing I want to make sure that I get in and I want, oh, see, I don't have time. Anyway, I'm going to talk about it next week. We're going to talk about the Sharon Says So book club next week. Let's, cause because she's It's really good. Yeah. So Thank we'll you for coming out to Kowalski's. Thanks, everybody. Tomorrow I'll be at Oak Park Heights and Stillwater at that Kowalski's. Thanks.